Aloha, it's Clint Hansen with Maui Luxury Real Estate, and you're on Maui Real Estate Radio. Uh, you can listen to this and all shows at MauiRealEstateRadio.com or search for real estate at MauiRealEstate.net, our website. You're joining us on the KAOI Radio Group, 1110 AM, um, and we broadcast every morning at 7 AM as you're cruising in your car to work. And of course, you can find us online wherever you find your podcasts. Today, of course, I have Byron Yap with Axia Home Loans. It's just going to be me and him today. We don't have a special speaker or anything along those lines. Um, and uh, we'll be doing our best to keep this as smooth as possible because we've got not only some statistics to go over, but we wanted to do a new segment like I, I like to call old news. <laughs> just kind of going over some past articles uh, and see how long it takes to get through them um, as well as a, a way to smooth it out because there's good important things that are important to me as well as real estate that I think uh, we should go over and recap. Uh, how you doing, Byron? Introduce yourself. Good morning, Byron Yap here with Axia Home Loans, uh, NMLS number 860092. Everything is going great on Maui today, and I look forward to hearing what stats you can bring about the real estate and kind of share with our community, and we'll let you take over, Clint. All right. Well, it's a, it's not so great. I'm in Olinda right now. I uh, I had to bug bomb, well, actually tent my house. I had some termites in it. Um, anybody who lives in Maui kind of knows you're in a tropical environment. And if you have a house made of wood, uh, termites like that. So um, I'm not selling my house, uh, but typically uh, during the process, you have to put all your stuff into bags and, and uh, it takes a long time uh, to get the house ready. Uh, and then they tent it. It only takes about 24 hours, but I went up to my parents' house in Olinda. So I'm up here on their property right now. You can see office looks a little different. There's a suit of armor back there. <laughs> and um, it's beautiful, but man, it is windy today on the island. How about where you're at, Byron? Yep, I'm down in Kihei. Um, I live in Maui Lani, and it was windy this morning there. And it seems to be a little windy here in Kihei. So I think there was a, what, a cold, not a cold front. There was some kind of wind front or something coming on or not yeah, sure. Yeah, a bit of a on. wind front that was coming through. And uh, let me go into a little screen share right here just to kind of show people some general information. Oh, I won't be able to do that. Never mind. Um, but I'm going to do screen share to kind of go over the statistics um, that I have drum up as well as what we have uh, through our own real estate information system. So first, I wanted to talk on a more national level. And uh, I went to uh, where we are not red. Uh, the National Board of Realtors, which if you look at realtor.com, which is not, um, I think this is kind of the one of the most telling things. And I want to compare these national statistics compared to our local statistics. So you can see they do this by color. 2017 is blue. And that's, of course, before the pandemic. Uh, you can see this is the line and this is <clears throat> seasonality. And Typically in the mainland, unlike here, there's much more seasonal effect associated with sales. So you can see there's this big arch where, you know, during the summer months, uh, volume increases and uh, then it goes back down as December comes. So the seasonality is very common year after year after year. So, and then you can see on the left-hand side, 
this shows the prices. So back in 2017, average or median, um, I believe, yeah, pending listing count. So um, total pending listing count, the numbers that are on the market. Um, this is not what I was thinking it was. This is not by price. It looks like it's okay. from, for, the, for the viewers on the radio, it looks like it's the amount of inventory out there. Is that, is that what I'm Yeah, seeing? this is national inventory. I was actually looking for median sales price, but this is helpful to figure out where we're at. So you can see as people were moving across the United States as a pandemic hit between 2018, 2019, this red line, 2020, 2022, um, but you can see the big jump was right in the midst of the pandemic. You, you know, had the most homes for sale, but now inventory has dropped dramatically back down to where it was previously. So now I want to compare that to something that's a little bit more local. Now, this is uh, the homes for sale since 2018, the same statistic, and then now 2013. Now, this is about a month behind and kind of important to point out. So you can see um, also, you know, as it goes, if we wanna go just to uh, a one year, there's not that seasonality. I mean, look, this is flat. There is, there is not that big arch that you typically see. Maui doesn't have seasonality comparatively because we have such stable weather patterns. <clears throat> People are coming to look for property year round, whether they live here or that are visiting. Um, but the big thing that I want to see as we go back to over five years is you can see back in 2018, we had a large number of homes. I mean, 1,323, almost 1,400 homes for sale. And then at our lowest point, 405, that's a third as many properties that are on the market normally. And then do you see it coming back to normalcy? Like, back in 2018? No, you see inventory remaining dramatically low. So that is a huge difference and there's not a big correction. I mean, it's not coming up and adjusting. So typically inventory tells us what our prices are going to be. And, you know, with so many people having refied their homes at very low rates, there's not a lot of motivation to um, sell their property because unless they can transfer their loan, which 99% of the time they can't transfer their loan to a new property, there's going to be no reason to sell. Um, so what we're seeing then for the listeners on the radio is, correct if I'm wrong here, we had an inventory in 2018 of about 1,400 homes for sale or somewhere in that area. And now we're down from 2022, starting in 2022, we're seeing an average of homes of about 400 homes on the market. Is that what I'm seeing? Precisely. And that's properties in general. It's not just homes, it's condos as well. Okay. Um, actually, no, this is, uh, yeah, just this, this is properties. So, and it's not really correcting, unlike how it has in the mainland. Now, of course, we also go to price as well. And this is on the median level. Um, I have three graphs here. You can see Maui Meadows, Maui Lani, and the entire MLS. The entire MLS is this blue line. And you can see it's been a steady increase from about 
600,000. And to, that's in 2018, right? Yeah, 2018 to a million. So that's uh, in that five-year period, we went up nearly, you know, 80% in value. That's a huge difference. 600,000 to now, that's a massive increase. And you can see in Maui Meadows, um, that's kind of been the biggest jump as well because they started at a million two hundred and twenty-five thousand. Those are half-acre lots, and then going up to uh, two point four or two point five. So I mean that is doubling in price. So that's kind of been the area of of the largest increase. Now people really like Maui Meadows because of where it is. It's near Wailea and they're large lots and you don't have to deal with an association. Of course, you don't have some of the great features that Wailea has because they don't have underground utilities like power lines. So it depends on your house on whether or not you're gonna have power lines in front, but typically big half acre lots and good views because of the hillsides on the other side of the highway. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things I wanted to kind of go over um, in the differences is is inventory um, and the recent changes. And one of the reasons why I want to just kind of talk about statistics um, with just you and I. Now, if you go uh, homes for sale, this doesn't tell you the whole picture because it only tells you the stuff from the last <laughs> the last um, month, you know, to two months. Now you can see back there, Maui Meadows was at about 11 properties, Maui Lani, 24 properties, and overall in Hawaii, 1,323, which we already said. Now you come back down here and uh, you look at uh, Maui Meadows, it says six. Now that's actually up to about 10 now. So that's a pretty dramatic increase. So, and there's about two sales per month um, in Maui Meadows at any given time. So if you take that into consideration, you pretend that nothing comes in, we have what's called an absorption rate, meaning if nothing came on, how long it would take before all those properties sell. And that's called inventory. Where is that button? New listings, months of supply, that's it. So months of supply is an easier graph to read because it takes the averaging out. And you can see, you know, as we go on, uh, the entire MLS generally had about it, back in 2018, six months of supply. Then come in uh, 2020, during the beginning of the pandemic, you see about 4.6. So a dramatic reduction. Maui Lani, 3.2. <clears throat> 3.2. The interesting thing is people don't realize in 2019, when you can see the drop here as well, 3.6 months. Maui Lani was the second uh, place in the entire United States for people buying second homes. So it makes it pretty tough for people on Maui, you know, trying to compete with mainland people in order to purchase a home because they're trying to make their primary and people are making secondary. But, but the prices are so inflated, they're looking for opportunities and Maui Lani tends to be that. So, but here's the big shift. You come right at 2021 and then into 2022, you can see it's pretty average. Maui Lani is still dropping 1.8 months. The entire MLS is 5.3 months. A year later in 22, you have a month of inventory. Uh, <laughs> what is that? 
um, a half a month of inventory, literally nothing in Maui Lani in 2022, 20, uh, and then uh, a month and a half in Maui Meadows. That's obscene. There's, there's nothing. There's literally nothing for sale. But you're starting to see that number increase <coughs> as we're getting on the upswing. So the entire MLS, there's 2.1 months. Maui Lani is 1.4 months. And Maui Meadows is 2.7 months. So, so, so that graph basically shows. Correct me if I'm wrong here, as I'm reading this for the our listeners, is that is that that's the amount of inventory that's available for sale, meaning a month's worth or half a month. What is this? So, what they do is they take the number of sales um, compared to the number of properties that are going uh, that have sold. Mm -hmm. uh, on average. So they say, okay, two properties have sold compared to the amount of properties that are for sale, let's say four. So if that means two sold in a month, and then there's four for sale, that's two months of inventory. So okay. it's an equation in which they figure out how much inventory they have. Of course, if there's only one home for sale, and it stays one home, but it's 10 times more than it should be, it's never going to sell. So you still have to, you know, take things into consideration because there's homes that have been for sale in Maui Meadows for, you know, six, seven months. And if your property has been for sale for that long, it means mm -hmm. that got to lower your price. You're just simply priced too high. Okay. Sorry. Just recovering from a sniffly nose and have a little bit of a cough. Um, let's see here. So... I want to go back into some of the more national statistics. Um, if you look um, at that, uh, this, this is the medium prices. Now it goes by, oh, it's, for some reason it went to California. Let's go back to Hawaii right there. You can see the majority, uh, and it shows over here. Let me move this so you can see. The median prices in Honolulu are actually lower than Maui. We're at $1.3 million for a house, uh, and they're at $800,000 uh, in Honolulu. And now Kauai is actually higher. Now, taking that into consideration, you look at this, it shows that Maui and Kauai are kind of the meccas of, of some of the highest price, meaning we bear the burden of the unaffordability because people like our weather patterns, they like our small town feel, <clears throat> Maui is just more desirable, but really the crux of it is, is it's very difficult to build here. Getting stuff done in Maui is really hard and um, there's not a lot of affordable projects. We have about a 10,000 home shortfall. Now, fortunately, they have had a few projects that have recently gotten approved. That's about 1,800 homes or something like that. That's still not nearly enough because we're at a shortfall of 10,000. So just to meet demand, we need 10,000. And that's not really enough to kind of push prices down that enough uh, to make it more in the affordable range. Mm -hmm. So Maui is trying to work towards um, creating opportunities for developers. Um, it's been a, a thorn in our sides for years uh, to try to get the county to help with the costs. Now, Kihei especially has been usually the developer's responsibility to put in infrastructure. Like, mm -hmm. you know, when California and Canadian developers were like, oh, back in the 70s, 
we should build in Kihei. Everyone's like, bro, why would you want to be out in Kihei? It's dirt roads. It's like nobody's out there. It's all dry, but it's beautiful beaches, right? And stable weather patterns. So they're like, we'll bring the water. We'll put the, you know, sewer. Let's let's get this done. And the county's like, okay, sure. And that kind of became the norm up until 2000 and 1990. And, um, and it's, it remained that way. And then nothing really got built from 1990, you know, to 20 now, 2020, there has been just an insufficient amount of properties being built in that period of time. That's why pretty much everything you look at is going to be, you know, built before 2000. You know, there, it's, it's not common to really come across newer homes, um, except in these small little pockets. So, um, and that's because it's just so expensive to build you know, if you go to Maui County and you ask them for what typically people do, uh, a, a, um, a, God, what's a, a bond in order to do those improvements, mm -hmm. they just weren't doing it. I mean, normally the county would improve the land and sell entitled land ready to go to a developer. And they'd be like, this is what you build, these affordable houses. And they'd be like, okay, we can factor that in. But making the county responsible, making the developer responsible is really difficult because um, even if you're just running a, from the road to the house, a pole, Miko is charging something like $60,000. I mean, hmm. if you're trying to build an affordable house and just running electricity is uh, a huge percentage of the cost, that makes it very difficult. I mean, that's not including roads, water, all that stuff eats up those infrastructure costs. So, I mean, even if you were to build a house, each one of those, you know, houses in a high density area is still going to be at like six, $700,000. Uh, and if you're trying to sell it for half a million, that means developers are going to have to be willing to take a hundred thousand dollar loss in order to build. So nothing got built unless it was a high end property. And and the county was for years like, oh, these developers, <laughs> how dare they, you know? But they're not going to throw money away. They're not going to lose money, even though some developers have been willing to do that. And they, they literally have lost money on projects. And they're like, okay, well, if you're going to build these affordable houses, uh, if these profitable properties, you need to build affordable properties too. But that still didn't work because it just meant they didn't make any money on either project. So now you can go to the county um, and if you're selling a home that's worth a million dollars for a half a million dollars, they will put that difference into um, uh, tax rebates and things of that nature, credits. So that's hopefully going to make a difference. But still, you have to go through uh, our very difficult process of getting permits approved. So... If you're trying to go to the county, you know, and, and entitle land, that is a whole nother issue. And um, even through the fast track process, everybody's NIMBY, not in my backyard. Um, they don't want development, which is really unfortunate because that's their kids, that's their family. And when these affordable houses are getting built, they're only getting sold to locals um, if they're going to meet that affordable criteria. So that means, you know, in that price index, you know, certain income levels, um, it's like 86,000 to 120,000 um, of gross household income. 
um, if you meet those criteria, you in a first time home buyer, you could be one of the first people that get in and you're basically buying a house for half its value. So that's wonderful. That's why, you know, uh, I remember back in the day uh, when you were the, the developer um, loan officer, mm -hmm. I, uh, there was development coming up and you were able to release to everybody. I, I literally drove there and sat in line and then called my brother up and he camped there. And then the, my buyers camped there. We were there for three nights trying to wait to get a place. I mean, that's really what it takes to kind of get affordable housing done. So um, it, it's, it's difficult and 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 hard to build something. It, now that the county's working on it, hopefully we'll hit you know five, six, seven thousand homes that are going to be built over a five to ten year period. But we don't really have the skilled labor uh, to build at that kind of volume. So my guess is the max we'll see is like five, six hundred homes a year, um, and that's just not going to meet it. Hopefully. Uh, the skilled labor will build, you know, with higher wages, and we'll get some inventory for locals here. Um, here we come to the median sales price. This is actually the statistic I was looking at before, that we're trying to find, and this is over a five-year period. Now, and this is nationally, can, right? Yeah, this is nationally. So okay. you can see in 2017 on a national level. The average price is at like $275,000 for a home. Now it peaked in 2022 and, you know, nearly doubled. I mean, we're sitting here at $425,000. And now they've actually seen a pretty significant drop off on a national level. It's gone down to, uh, $380,000 from that 420. So that's a, a, about a, what is that? A, a fifth, you know, um, a little bit less than a fifth. Now, of course, if we go back to our statistics for Hawaii and it goes to sales price, uh, you know, we're just stable. We're just solidly inclining. And that again is all about inventory, 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 inventory. And um, we're just a really desirable place and it's really difficult to build. And that's gonna continue to keep those inventory levels low. Do people have to sell? No, they've refinanced their homes at 3%. Again, meaning inventory is gonna remain low. Um, this is a really good opportunity to make a move to the mainland if you're in Hawaii, because your buying power comparative to mainland markets have shifted. So their prices are beginning to drop, yours isn't. So if you wanna take advantage of what's called a 1031 exchange, that's something that you could do right now. You could go in there and uh, if you're a second home buyer, you could basically go ahead and sell the property and not pay capital gains because you're transferring that value into one or more properties. Sell a house here, buy two or three properties in the mainland, and then rent those out long-term. You're going to do a lot better. But of course, you're not going to have a place in Maui. So um, it's a, it's a trade-off. Many people who are living here, the high cost of living, uh, the difficulty in um, you know just paying rent or your mortgage, especially with high fees, they sell their home here. They can use that uh, capital to buy something cash 
in the mainland, so they have no mortgage. That's huge. That's a, a great opportunity. Um, and some people are doing the reverse. They're selling maybe a business like a, apartment complexes or a commercial in the mainland. They're doing a 1031 exchange and then they're buying something else in the mainland and using a fraction to buy a home here. They're renting that out long-term uh, or a condominiums more commonly because vacation rental properties are something you can short-term rent. They can generate that income. They basically then use that place for a couple of weeks out of the year. It helps pay for them. And then they're still using that capital from their sale in other investments. Um, and if you're living in a home uh, you actually have this wonderful opportunity if you're living on Maui and you've got all this in, you know, capital gain, meaning you bought a house for 700,000, it's now worth a million dollars or maybe at one and a half million dollars, you know, people don't, if it's a single person, they don't have to pay any tax on $250,000 of their gain if they've lived in it for two years. If it's two people, a husband and wife, and they file jointly, that's a half a million dollars. That means you could sell a house and if your gain is $500,000, you don't have to pay any tax on that whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And you know, even if you're just trading across and buying something else on Maui, do it, do it now because you have a huge increase in value. If you've lived in your house for two years, take your capital gain now and then you can buy a property now even if it's somewhere else on the island, and then you've got that new stepping stone, that dollar has raised, you know, you've made that gain. So you have a new house that you bought for $500,000 more. And then if, and when the property increases in value again, and you guys sell your primary residence, you're making that shift up. So it's hugely important to make those moves, sell your property and trade into it. If it's your primary residence, and um, I'm surprised people don't do it, but I totally understand it because interest rates are so high. So what's going on that you're noticing in interest rates right now? Well, the mortgage world has really changed since uh, 2021. Some examples are the end of 2021, the rates were at 3%. Now, currently in this year, uh, beginning of 2023, we're looking at low sixes, the rates have gone. So they've, they've doubled basically. Um, yep. Another thing that's happened, if you look at the stats for 2021 versus 2022, refinances based on MSNBC, it's down 87%. So, so the, basically the cliff, it's fallen off the cliff, the refinances. Now the purchases have, have actually dropped in 2022 versus 2021, about 42% mortgages. So you can see that's kind of made it not off the full cliff, but it's made a big drop based on, you know, the, the rates changing almost double doubling within a year. And, um, you know, we're, we're seeing it um, uh, starting to climb up again, slowly the interest rates, you know, I think the Fed meets in March, and they're talking about another 25 basis points um, for, for the Fed funds rate, which in turn affects the mortgage rate, you know, we're seeing. So there's a lot of volatility still. We are seeing, however, in the beginning of 2023, the uh, more interest people are talking about rates, um, you know, getting pre-qualified, pre-approved. So there's a little more interest going on. We don't know if it's going to be continue to go up, um, but 
hope all signs are there that potentially, you know, we, we could see a better year than 2022. Now, it won't be an yeah. astronomical year like 2020 or 2021, but it might be just a flat line year versus off of a cliff or off of a, you know, yeah. falling off the edge. Because we've seen kind of a drop off a cliff more recently. And, yeah. um, and I think a lot of that has to do with just nothing to buy. You know, there's just not a lot of options out there, even if somebody is ready to buy. You know, the weird thing is I, you know, our website, MauiRealEstate.net is in a lot of ways better than Zillow. Mm-hmm. The reason it's better than Zillow is A, you can search for vacation rentable properties and you can see whether or not something is leasehold or fee simple. So people call me from Zillow all the time and they're like, uh, is this vacation rentable? I'm like, no, Key Shores is not vacation rentable. You'll never be able to vacation rent it. Don't even try. You know, there's big fines associated with it. If you want, go to my website, MauiRealEstate.net, and you can search for vacation rental properties there. So, um, and, you know, there's a form of ownership here called leasehold, and that's where you're not purchasing the land. You're purchasing the right to lease the land for a given period of time. That really mostly applies to condos, and um, most of the case, it can be a scary thing because at the end of the period, there's a potential for it to go to the remainder men, the person that owns the land. Um, likely not going to happen because, you know, if it's oceanfront, you can't tear down mm-hmm. the building, rebuild because it's oceanfront. So um, now if it's a leasehold home, it's most likely on Hawaiian homelands where you have to have 50% ownership in the property or 50% native Hawaiian blood in order to purchase uh, one of those seeded properties. Now, that's a long history lesson that we're not going to get into right now, um, but that's to benefit people of native Hawaiian heritage. Um mm-hmm. Now, so, you know, since you guys have a website that's been around for a while, what is the traffic like now, you know, for people looking? Is it, has it gone down? You know, what, what, is it, what did it do the last year? That is the weirdest part, because during 2021 and 2020, we did see a small spike. Yeah. And then as kind of prices got up, there was definitely a drop off, you know, towards the end of 2021 things were going down. And mm-hmm. and then I'm like, okay, interesting. But even though sales went down dramatically in 2022 and, and now, the n- amount of volume of people of searching is at an all-time high. I have never seen this many people looking for real estate, especially super high-end stuff, like the stuff that's, you know, five, 10, 15, $25 million dollars. There are people with crazy money that's looking right now and they're fence sitting because they're hoping prices drop, even though there's so little oceanfront, there's so little, you know, nice, big estates like that. It, I just don't see it happening, but they're just what we call fence sitters. They're waiting to see what's going to happen in the market. And while there has been an increase in inventory in this level, there hasn't really been a big decrease in price. So if you are high end, if you are looking to buy a $10 million, you know, $5 million property, you better buy it now because there, that oceanfront property for you know, $10 million is probably going to be twice that in several years because you can't build on the ocean anymore the ways that you used to be able to. You know, they're not making it, they're not releasing any more neighborhoods or anything like that. So if you're interested in that, do it now and um, good luck. <laughs> Most of those people are cash because the amount of demand that I'm seeing and searching is just, it's eclipsed what I've seen before. Um, and same thing with regular homes. People are anticipating opportunity because they're like, market slowdown, market slowdown. I can buy something. I have mm-hmm. a job. Unemployment 
it's at an all-time low. So there's tons of people looking, but they're like, when are these prices going to drop? I don't know if they are because if you've got a home now and you're trying to buy something, you're probably going to need to get a loan unless you're cash. Uh, if you could transfer your loan, then obviously you would. So talk to your lender, see mm -hmm. if that's a possibility, but it's probably not. Now, I know 2021, maybe the beginning of 2022, there was a mul there's there was like, and I'm asking you from the real estate side, there was always multiple offers on properties. What are you seeing or what's going on? Like, is, is it again, still multiple offers, competing wars? What, what's happening with the offers out there? No, a lot of interest, um, but uh, not a multiple offer situation. Unless something's, you know, priced below market value, um, we're not seeing a, a feeding frenzy like we were before. Uh, huge numbers of inquiries, lots of interest. Um, showings are lower, um, but uh, offers are generally one at a time. You know, it's not as competitive as it once was. So that's the thing I'd have to tell people. If you want to value, you got to make it happen. You got to get out there and write offers. If you don't, you're not going to see what they're going to be willing to sell for. You know, that's prices are still listing where they were. Um, if you want a better price, you're going to have to put pen to paper and see if they're going to be willing to negotiate. And mm -hmm. that's going to be really your only chance. Now, I had heard, and I don't know if this is true. Maybe you can, you can tell me. I heard the hot sector is still the condo market, somewhat the condo market. And the home market seems to be, you know, for the homes that are, let's just say, under a, mi a million and a half, seem to be the slower side. W what's really going out there for our listeners and viewers? Yeah, I mean, I think it all is part and parcel to inventory, you know, and, and comparative to prices. For single family homes, uh, the biggest issue is having something that's priced well and finished, you know, something that doesn't have a lot of issues to it. Uh, if you have a really nice finished home in, a, in the upper, you know, to median price range, it'll sell well, you know, you won't have a large number of days on market, you might even go multiple offer. Um, if you are a, a lower priced home, you know, and it needs work, you know, some people are saying, hey, my house that A, needs a new roof, doesn't have solar, um, needs to be painted, you know, birds living in the attic, you know, all these things. Mm -hmm. And they're like, hey, I saw a home in my neighborhood sell for 1.2 million. You know, I want to sell mine for 1.2 million. It's like, well, that one had wood floors and a redone kitchen. And you have an original kitchen and all these other issues, you know, that's means you got to sell closer to a million dollars um, because that's going to people don't want to have to do that work and they have to factor in those expenses, too. So, um, you know, and they'll sit on the market, they'll negotiate. Sometimes they come off the market because they want to buy something else on island. Maybe they want to buy something in the mainland because, I mean, you could literally get. If you're retiring right now off of Maui and you're buying somewhere in Montana or Idaho, um, you know, maybe lakefront property or something like that, you can get an estate comparatively for the, the difference. And it's, you know, just a question of whether or not you're willing to deal with that seasonality. Many people I know, they want to sell their place here, buy a condo here and a house in the mainland. And that's mm. because the demand for condos is not really happening either it's a hard competitive thing. And one more thing I wanted to show you, let's get back into the screen share. Um, yeah, here it is. 
So you can see all over the United States, this is the outbound people that are selling and moving out of the state and inbound. So we were actually at an outbound uh, for the longest time. Uh, these are now you can see Hawaii is inbound. There's about 6,000 people positive moving in compared to moving out. Population has really been dropping in Hawaii because of our high cost of living for a long time. Now, you know, this is people that can do remote work and they're looking to move in. The highest area is mm -hmm. Florida. You know, there's a lot mm -hmm. of people to go in and there's a lot of opportunity there. Of course, it's been 180 years since Maui has been hit by a hurricane. And we have some of the most stable weather patterns compared to Florida who has regular hurricanes that you have to deal with. So that does tell a tale of what, uh, you know, gives motivation and stability to somebody's decision on where they wanna go. Now, Florida is a much bigger area. There's a lot more opportunity and properties are significantly cheaper there. California, especially in these high density areas and coastal areas, Prices have shot up so dramatically, people are just moving out all over. And that's where they're hitting, you know, Washington, Idaho, Utah, Arizona, Nevada. Oregon has kind of been more in the middle, um, probably because of their crazy high property taxes. That mm -hmm. increases the cost of ownership the same way that high property values do. So the state benefits from their um, much more uh, less capitalist side with the word I'm looking for. Um, but anyway, their their high taxes really, you know, hurt property owners in a way that they um, don't in other of these more tax favorable states. So people are moving away from these areas and moving out. So that only helps people that are already um, well established financially um, mm -hmm. that, that can deal with that. It really hurts renters because they pass that on. And that's one of the things I'm really curious. I know there's a proposed wealth tax uh, here in Hawaii right now for people with $20 million in assets. That makes it pretty hard for people who are multi-generational households. You know, there's um, people, you know, out in McKenna, uh, you know, people who have been on island for, you know, the last hundred years and uh, they, they own, you know, a house in, McKenna, or since, you know, their great, great grandfather that has been packed down since before the great Mahele, you know, that has been in their native Hawaiian family. And if their property is worth $20 million, they might have to sell because they're going to be paying, you know, uh, a, a tax on that property. Um, this, of course, is meant to affect people more of income uh, that are really wealthy that are moving here full time. Uh, mm -hmm. but they'll just minimize their assets under the $20 million mark. Um, there was an East Coast place. I think it was like uh, Delaware or something like that, uh, a county. And they increased their taxes. And one, it affected one guy who grew up there and he lived there uh, multiple generations. And he had to leave because of the tax implication. And because of that, they had budgetary shortfall from one person moving out. I mean, this is a huge net worth billionaire guy that has loves his hometown, but he couldn't afford to be there anymore because the taxes were so dramatic. So wealth taxes make sense, but you gotta make sure it's A, not too high, 
and B, um, the, the price point at which you do it is not too low. $20 million might seem like a large amount of assets, but if somebody has a commercial unit here, like let's just say they, they own a Walgreens or they own um, a, uh, like the, she just passed away, unfortunately, but like the Rainbow Mall, mm -hmm. uh, um, that alone is $20 million. And then to have a 1% tax on top of that is going to mean she's going to, she would have had to leave the state. I mean, she's been here 50 years. Um, and that can, A, really pull a lot of taxes in a way. So it, that's not really a uh, real estate question. That's more of a policy. So I think mm -hmm. if they increase that number, maybe do 100 million or something like that, that might make sense because they can bear those taxes better. 1% isn't a big number. Um, it's it's not like some of the places that are like, we should do a five or 3%. It's still mm -hmm. a little bit high. Maybe make that a half a percent. Think about edging it back and forth in fractions of a percent. But 1% uh, is an impossible number for a family that has owned a property for multiple generations that doesn't have the means. It's not commercial. So they Maui's got to be smart. And $20 million is just too low of a number. Um, no. That, uh, let's see. Let's go back out. Um, I've got a question one. for you. Yeah. Is, you know, we've seen you know, with the interest rates go up, mortgage companies maybe, maybe shut their doors or reduce their staff significantly. What has happened in the real estate with the agents? I mean, have you seen an increase in agents or a push down or a leveling off? What yeah. have you seen out there? You know, there? I have seen a decrease in the number of agents that are out there. Now, a lot of people are like, hey, I'm going to be a real estate agent. I'm going to sell property. It's easy. It's not. I've been doing this 22 years now. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult. I mean, especially in Hawaii, it's not like New York where you just send it to an attorney and then they hash out the paperwork. You kind of have to be able to do a lot of the paperwork. Escrow is only a third party where they handle the money and, and some of the basics and title insurance. <clears throat> now, I have people, agents that come to us that want to move into our office and they're from the mainland. And they say, hey, you know, I was selling real estate. I want to come out here, sell real estate. Well, where they're from, you know, maybe a third of the percent of a pop of the population is a real estate agent here it's like 1.2 percent of the population is a real estate agent that's okay. three or four times the number of real estate agents comparatively there's not a lot of volume of real estate um, compared to our population especially now that means there's less to go around that means the winners you know people that experience have a lot of history here they're the ones that are going to benefit the most um, and those lower number of sales are going to mean agents are going to go years. You know, normally an agent that comes on might make one sale a year, a one sale every other year. Then your second year, you might make two, maybe three. And then it's about building your uh, uh, contact resource management system and going on and on. So if you're a newer agent, it's going to be a while, you know, you're probably going to want to carry another job, maybe something that's reciprocal where, you know, you get into property management and you hopefully meet buyers that are, you know, uh, looking to sell their rental or whatnot. But right now, if you're just don't have something where you're a gatekeeper in the business, 
um, it's not really a good idea to have your real estate license right now. Mm -hmm. um, and it'll probably be like this for the rest of the, um, well, it, actually, I, I'm very puzzled because the last two weeks has been crazy. You know, I, I'm getting a lot of requests and a lot of showings that are happening. Um, I've gotten a lot more offers than I've seen. So I'm curious to see what happens in the next couple of months. And we'll see. One of the things, you know, when the market was hot and busy is a lot of the, you know, the residents such as, you know, the locals and us, you know, we own a property. The thing was we couldn't trade across or trade up, you know, sell our current to get a better location. Would you say this is a time that we should reconsider that because of the market? You know what I mean? Yeah. For two things though, if you live here now um, and you own you should think about selling your place and buying something that's already on island. And then that changes your basis. Because like I said, if you have a half a million dollars in capital gain between you and your spouse, then guess what? You should sell and then your basis changes. So if value drops, you get to write off that loss. Oh man, I lost money. That means that's still a net positive for you. That's huge. So um, the reason you might not want to do this though, is because, Hey, what if you have a loan on your property, right? Mm -hmm. If you have a loan, then your mortgage is going to be higher now. You know, your basis will change, but your rate's going to be higher. Now, will they have something that they call date the rate, right? So there's two things. If you get a loan now, doesn't mean you're stuck at that interest rate it means you're going to have to pay the fee the $20,000 to refinance when rates drop back down. So um, what are you seeing You know, right now? I heard that in the last little bit that rates have dropped just a touch. What are you yeah. seeing? Yeah, they dropped a touch. And that's why I was asking because I've had people that have owned properties that are calling saying, hey, you know, we might want to downsize our home because we're getting older to a condo or we might, you know, we have a two-story home we'd rather have a one-story home. You know, we bought this home in 1981 or whatever. You know, I'm, I'm seeing that. So I was just curious on that because, you know, they have a lot of equity in there. You know, they could yeah. trade down or, you know, to a, a simpler living. If you're whatever. mostly cash, 100%, great time to do it. You know, sell your larger home. Kids have moved out. You know, get uh, a two-bedroom place, you know, or a condo in a good location. Um that's what I would go for. I mean, especially if you want to travel a bit more with prices dropping in the mainland, you know, maybe you sell your house here, buy a condo here and then buy a house in the mainland. You know, you want to go fishing during the summer season, spring and fall, you get that opportunities in the mainland that you can have a, a nice, beautiful estate on a lake or a river. That's not something that you can get here for a comparable price. I mean, you can get, you know, an Oregon on a river, a house for $1.5 million. That's, you know, 4,000 square feet for one and a half million. For here, a one and a half million dollar house mm -hmm. gets you a um, three, maybe four bedroom house, you know, nice finishes, decent finishes. Okay. On 0.2 of an acre, you know, maybe. 0.12 of an acre, it's significantly smaller. So if you instead sell it, you know, let's just say 
Um, you buy something a little bit more rural, you could get something on a river or a lake in Oregon for under a million. And, uh, you know, a condo here for a half a million, that means you have cash in your hand, you have uh, your summer, your winter place here, and then you've got your summer and fall and spring in the mainland. And that gives you opportunity to travel around in an RV, you know. Um, I, I think it's a fantastic time to sell uh but people maui's the best why would you want to leave mm -hmm. so <laughs> it's just hard you know for me if you've got money downsize and throw as much into the stock market i mean maybe not all at once maybe you want to average in but i think microsoft is just a huge opportunity right now it's you know they've increased i put a, a fair amount in um when chat gpt came out, they are going to be the number one stakeholder in open AI and artificial intelligence is about to rock our world more than the internet ever has. So um, Microsoft is pretty much the largest player out there. Elon Musk is an original founder of open AI. So he has a lot of ownership, but that's not Tesla. That's um, him as an individual. So there's no correlation between business ownership and they're not, he's not like Tesla's not going to benefit. SpaceX isn't going to benefit in the same way that Microsoft is because Microsoft's the infrastructure and Microsoft is now the number one stakeholder. They put, I, I believe they're like 10 billion into it. Um, and they just started putting it into Bing. So you can go to OpenAI and you can talk to it just the same way that you talk a person. Language models are about to change the world. So I, like to uh i'd like to sell our house and you know m move into a family house or something and and i've fortunately strategically been putting in money over time but i think there's no better opportunity i said the same thing right when uh the pandemic hit and you know there was a massive drop i mean things were down huge numbers and i was like when there's blood in the streets buy and you know you've seen big changes I think it's going to, the Fed was potentially not going to go 0.25. I think they're going to see this little rebound in the economy because they do these. The reason they went from a half a point to a quarter point is as a test. So I believe that this next time, because the stock market, there was improvements when they, you know, even though it was an increase of uh, a smaller percentage, people are like, oh, good, things are getting better. But that causes inflation when there's reinvestment. So they're trying to flatten out the market and bring those numbers down. So I think they're going to go up. Markets will still drop down, but there's huge opportunities out there. And I think that Microsoft is definitely one of those. Tesla, you know, they dropped the price of their cars. And um, now you get the tax incentive. They got something like 2 million orders, pre-orders. So um, their stock market, their drop after hemorrhaging huge, huge values. Um, so, and they have, their cars are 20 times more profitable than a Honda. So his, his whole thing is volume, volume, volume. That's why he's building a gigapress. That's why he's building his factories all over. So all he has to do is drop the price and he can effectively increase that demand. And mm -hmm. so Tesla's are gonna get cheaper and cheaper and that demand's gonna maintain. Um, he's, I think it's like half of all electric cars in California are, are Tesla. So he's, 
taking a, a large percentage. Uh, go on. What was your other question? Um, so I think my other question was no, no. I, you had we had talked about the um, the change. You know, downgrading that you know, someone wants to trade across the board for a home. You know, those kind of things. I guess you know as we come to our near hour end. What, what what do you what what do you see or what do you feel or what people what should people do you know if they're interested you know should there be interest should they be monitoring the market how can someone you know be attuned to the market better should they follow your website what are they, what should uh, a normal person should do like me well it's all about opportunity in their individual situation talk to your lender give Byron a call whether you're thinking about buying at some point and you just give that lender a call. And you got to make sure you're prepared for when there's an opportunity. These houses that are going to be built, if you're a Maui person, you got to know what's happening. Shoot us an email. We can talk about developments that are going to be coming on. You know, I camp out for my clients. You know, I'm out there helping them get a house. And if you haven't bought a house before, you're in that affordable range. Now is the time as these projects come on in the next couple of years. You know, you got to put your reservation down. So now... Um, so on the you know contact on the other thing for you, the last thing I have is like you know you see all these developments supposedly there's some a bunch of affordables coming available should they reach out to you still even though they can walk in and do it get representation because there is going to be some affordables coming up yeah there is uh, the best thing you can do and and I I help my clients out because when you go directly to the developer then mm -hmm. you a are fighting a sea of other potential buyers. You don't have somebody specifically representing your interest. And B, you know, I am familiar with the process of buying a brand new home. Even though it's a brand new home, there's still problems that come up, you know, things that are installed incorrectly and getting those things fixed, you know, you want to make sure you have an open eye on that checklist that goes through and you know what's appropriate to ask for. Um, and more importantly, somebody is vying for you to get that place. So shoot me an email, Clint Hansen, uh, uh, Clint 33 at gmail.com, but just go to our website, mauirealestate.net, and just, you can put in a request there, anything that you're interested, you can pick my mom, my dad, me, you know, just send us info and we will vie for you. We will make sure you get that opportunity when it comes out. Uh, right. We sell high-end properties, but you know, the funny thing is our passion is affordable housing because, you know, there's just not enough of it. It's, it pains me to help, you know, uh, teachers try to find a home out here and they've got kids, you know, I spent over a year and a half with one set of clients trying to find a property and finally getting something. It, it's like blows my mind that, um, that somebody like a teacher, you know, two teachers can't get a place and live on the island that they work. I mean, no wonder it's so hard to get teachers here, you know? So um, we created, uh, helped create Nahali O'Malley, which is a community land trust, which is affordable housing in perpetuity. It's one of the only community land trusts on the island. And that's a huge loss to us. You know, we um, spent a ton of money in order to fund that. And it's a 501c3 out and out. They own that shared ownership with people that come in. And 80% of the people that buy into that model trade out into the open market. Because when you are in a shared ownership situation when you buy a house it's still a first-time home buyer they don't have enough homes they need in my opinion about 500 homes and they have you know less than i think about 60 at this point mm -hmm. so that will be something that develops over time 
Um, but call Paul Byron, you know, shoot him an email. What's your contact? Yeah, my my email just in closing is Byron B-Y-R-O-N dot Yap Y-A-P at axiahomeloans.com. Or you can look me up at axiahomeloans.com for Maui. Um, those are the yeah. best, best way to get a hold of me. Yeah, you can always just Google Axia Home Loans yeah. Byron as well. B yeah. <laughs> and uh, he'll just come right up. And uh, same thing with me. You can always, funny thing is we're number one search parameter in Google for Maui real estate. So we're usually the very top one after the ads. We get 40,000 unique visitors to our website every single month. So it's, it's a real heavy hitter out there. Um, and we have great statistics on condos. You can just click in and see where things have been, where they're, where they are at. And it's, it's a very powerful tool. Oh man, I've been sharing this whole time. It's funny. (laughs) All right. right, There we go. Um, Stop here. There we go. So my question to you, Byron, is uh, with that uptick, what's the general advice that you're giving to people? Well, I mean, basically, you know, get pre-qualified, you know, look at your credit, make, you know, check everything out, check your financial health. I, I even tell people they, they don't think they can qualify. Let's look at it. Maybe we can do a loan today. Maybe we have to work on some things and it, it might take us six months or a year. The main thing is, you know, sitting down and having that conversation with a lender and a, a, a realtor, you know, if you're interested in the market, just to get a feel. It's better to have tried than not to have tried at all. Well, and also have a plan. A lot of people yeah. don't realize that there's small things they can do to dramatically increase how much they can loan, what their monthly payments are. Yeah. Oh, and um, it's essential that they talk to a lender about those strategies, because even if you're not buying now, in one to two years, you can be in so much better of a position that you can buy something for hundreds of thousands of more dollars and be paying even less in a, yeah. in a payment. So call Byron, reach out to him. Axia Home Loans is a phenomenal resource to go to. Yep. And now we were going to talk about old news, weren't we? <laughs> we were, but we're going to have to close it down to the hour for the hour. And then yeah, it flies by. I mean, it's a lot to go by, that's for sure. Yeah, we'll definitely do so, it next time. Um, thank you for uh, joining. This is again, Clint Hansen at Maui Real Estate Radio. You can listen to us on the KOI Radio Group, 7 a.m. Um, Monday mornings, or you can tune in at MauiRealEstateRadio.com where you can see this and all our other older shows. Um, this one's not going to play more commonly. This is kind of a uh, play maybe one or two times uh, mm-hmm. and then you won't hear it again, unlike our 1031 shows and whatnot that are more timeless. Yep. Um, and there's valuable tools out there. And uh, you can always go search for real estate. As we all know, MauiRealEstate.net is the number one search tool out there for real estate, whether you're looking for tax information, um, statistics, uh, county info, vacation rentable, leasehold fee simple, you know, it has all those parameters in there. So definitely go to MauiRealEstate.net. And Byron, yourself? Uh, if you want to look me up, you can go to axiahomeloans.com and look up, it'll be in there, Maui, or you can email me at byron.yap at axiahomeloans.com. All right. Aloha. All right. Aloha.